Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is sponsored by Terraform Development proudly supports the Hopi tribe and nonprofit Hopi entities to provide essential technical support in engineering, architectural, and project management services. Eddie Kalnimtua can relate to the hard work on the Hopi reservation, including the cornfield duties and traditional ceremonies that he was raised on. He values this tradition, so Terraform Development was formed to meet these needs on the Hopi reservation. Contact Terraform Development at T-E-R-R-A the number four orm.com and follow them on instagram at terraform development also sponsored by hey tom here with hopi relief hopi relief is a non-profit organization based down here in the valley where we are providing much needed supplies to the hopi reservation during this covid19 pandemic and beyond please visit hopirelief.org and find out how you can get involved Hopi Relief is also an Arizona-recognized charitable tax organization. And please, visit us December 1st on Giving Tuesday. Thank you. Now listening to the Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. I am your host, the five-star, five-diamond chef, J-Man. And with me is Mr. B-I-A, Carl. <laughs> so I'm actually the 20-star general chef. You're the superintendent <laughs> of the Bureau of Indian Affairs. All Native men should have clean haircuts, no sign <laughs> of uh, heritage regalia anywhere. Yeah, pretty much. It's Suits a, and ties. It's a Bahana school. You should do Bahana <laughs> things, okay? If it was a Hopi school, you can wear your stuff like that. That's what I say. And of course, that's in reference to last week's episode and oh, yeah. uh, what a conversation that was. Definitely raised some blood pressure and uh, elevated some uh, heart <laughs> rates here in the studio. But we're back this week with a brand new episode. I I, th- I think the reason why is because I I think more of like that Hopi man kind of thing where it's like the men men talk in the, in the kivas. Yeah, you definitely have a small town, small village mind for sure. Pretty much to that. Yeah, yeah, pretty much like that. You know, if it's if you're not if you're not cooking or cleaning, (laughs) you know, you know that's basically how a a real Hopi man thinks. Pretty much. And I have no further comment on that. (laughs) But definitely, before we get into our topic, uh, we got uh, shirts for sale. Oh yeah, we do have some shirts for sale. We got shirts for sale that you can find at carlandjman.bigcartel.com. And uh, those shirts were designed by uh, friends of the podcast, uh, Strong Ones and uh, Hanyodi Inc. All right. Well, let's give a shout out to Hanyodi Inc. Shout out to Hanyodi Inc. Shout out to our sponsors, Strong Ones. And definitely a big shout out to our 30-pack sponsors who've helped to get us this far. Shout out to all of you that have purchased us uh, a cup of coffee. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for 
for all of that, you know, because it does keep us on the air and it keeps us out of trouble and it keeps us, uh, keeps us rolling with all of the great content. Keeps us rolling with all the great content. And definitely, you know, we like to, uh, we're very happy with the expansion of the podcast going into us be these guys. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, that cooking vid that we did and, you know, that was, that was a lot of fun. That was, that was a lot of fun. You know, that was one of the best times I've ever had there. A lot of fun. And then, you know, definitely hoping to do that more. But today we're going to today in a way is kind of a two parter from last week's episode. And last week we talked about, you know, this concept of bless the matriarch, bless the matriarchy, kind of discussing that from a Hopi perspective and Carl's case talking about that from a BIA perspective. (laughs) But today we want to talk about the inverse. And there's a term that you hear a lot these days. You see it on social media. You see it on the internet and it's a term that you hear uh, down with the patriarchy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Down with the patriarchy. I mean, I've seen that. I think I've seen that in like political stances and political words and, you know, like on CNN. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think that that arises in, in the same manner, the same concept of, uh, you know, the rise of the matriarch yeah. in this day and age where folks are, you know, living in this uh, Me Too movement era, living in this woke era yeah. where, you know, people that were uh, traditionally oppressed are kind of, you know, recognizing that, you know, a lot of the oppression is often caused by this idea of patriarchy. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the so what defines the patriarch is that it's a man's world kind of like. And it's it's a way where men create the rules, men create the, the dominance here. And I guess it's because of that is... Is that that's why saying. the world's on fire? <laughs> the world's on fire because of that. Because of men, <laughs> they're not us again. <laughs> and uh, you know, I do have to, I do have to thank all the women for kind of keeping us in check. <laughs> <laughs> because without that, I mean, yeah, we would, we wouldn't definitely just buy hot pockets <laughs> every day and just microwave. You know, that's pretty much all I know how to do. That is an interesting thing because, you know, I, I think the fact that, you know, we are kept in check to a oh, degree yeah. uh, by, by women or, you know, nowadays, you know, we're kept in check by things like cancel culture oh, yeah. Yeah. or, you know, societal perspectives of, you know, how we should be living our lives. Because I definitely think that, you know, if we truly were this men's society out here on the reservation, you'd probably have things like strip clubs <laughs> or, you know, you'd have things like uh, underground gambling or, you know, dog fights, that sort of thing. We'll probably have like uh, Christie's Cabaret every uh, every village pretty much. <laughs> Each village Each has village its own, has- own section. <laughs> in somebody's old doom <laughs> and and two i guess the reason why is that women and men actually hold each other in in different powers and they they balance out the powers within themselves so you know without women uh, there wouldn't be you know life and without and without men, there wouldn't be, you know, life as well, mm-hmm. too. So, mm-hmm. And so, you know, going back to this term patriarchy, I think that especially nowadays when you hear that phrase down with the patriarchy, I, I think that to an extent that it does reach out to the dominant culture in speaking specifically about white men. Oh, yeah. Because then if you look at the different types of governments, whether that's the big national governments, right? Yeah. The president of the United States is a white man. Uh Uh-huh. 
And then you think about other prominent positions, the Senate and um, the Continental Congress, yeah. and, you know, those yeah. sort of things that, you know, a lot of these senators and a lot of these people that hold those positions are white men. Oh, yeah. And if you do look at our own government, it's all men, pretty much. Not white men, although they talk white. So, <laughs> <laughs> Brown men. Brown men. And so I think that, you know, I think that definitely that creates issues when you have white men predominantly in these roles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Creating laws. Yeah. Creating this framework of how we're supposed to live our lives. Because definitely when you think about the differences between, you know, like the, the Pahana culture, and how they see the world is much different than how Hopis oh, yeah. see the world and how we believe that we should live our lives. Because in those examples are all over the place. Because uh, I, I think that the most prominent example that you can think of is like the, the Peabody coal mine. Yes. You think about the coal mine and then from you know a, a Pahana perspective that they think of that as uh, building economy. Or they think of it as um, establishing power so that you could create other cities. Oh, yeah. Other communities that are miles away from the Hopi reservation. And so that perspective definitely was detrimental to our communities based off of that example. Exactly. I mean, like, you know, where where men actually did create all of the governmental structures and created the the way that we do live today. I mean, there there is... Of course, there is women that are involved in the political world. But when you look at in, into the past of like how Hopi was structured, yes, it was about the, the, the whole patriarchy system of just like what um, looking over the village or like, you know, protecting the village, protecting everything that was inside of the village. Definitely. And then um, we talked about it to an extent a little bit in our last week's episode oh, yeah. in terms of leadership within our own communities oh, yeah, or yeah. at least leadership within the villages from a heritage perspective that most of the leadership positions are held by men. Yes. And that we talked about some of the reasons as to why we thought that that was the case. The fact that we hold women's lives in more, um, that they're more precious to us. Yeah. And so that a man's life is more expendable. So that as to reason as to why they hold positions. But then you also made a comment too, that in terms of contemporary Hopi, when you think about those positions of power, the Hopi tribal chairman, yeah. the Hopi vice chairman, um, all of these other executive positions within our own tribal council. And then even the representation for the villages are predominantly Hopi men. Yes. Yes, they are. Every one of them that we did have chairmen here on the reservation are actually all Hopi men. All men. Yeah. Not a single woman. Nope. Not a single woman is involved. <laughs> so you got a real He-Man woman haters club. <laughs> that is the real He-Man woman there haters club. They're at the Hopi Tribal Council. But why do you think that that's the case? The fact that, you know, this idea of the Hopi Tribal Council, which, you know, you could argue... Is, isn't really a Hopi concept. No. But the fact that we do have it, that it exists, but that all those spots are held by men. I think it just goes back to the old ways of like leadership of where you have a kikmongwi, which is, uh, you know, a, a man, basically. A and, man. And, and that, uh, you know, kikmongwi is just like the village chief. You know, you have the man, the man is in power. And then you have the war chief, which is uh, the same thing, the man. And I guess that's the whole concept of it is when you have the the tribal government system 
it's supposed to be all men because I guess it just goes back to the the old the old uh, way of thinking the old structure yeah the old structure the old structure and so the fact that it is like that do you what do you think that the pros what some of the pros might be or what some of the cons might be might be the fact that our leadership is com- comprised of all males i mean like you know we we as males pretty much just have that dominant powers like you know if we if we think that it's good for the people it has to be good for the people but then yet we're not thinking about like what women in general own and what general what women are feeling in that in that you know that society there so it just kind mm-hmm. of interjects to where yes w- w- men are power holders and women are sort of like second rate to that mm-hmm. well my first response would have been uh I i've never been to one sausage party <laughs> that i thought was fun <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I, I guess, you know, I, and I think that this is probably an argument that people make on the larger scale in referencing like the national governments and the state governments. Yeah. That when you have a leadership system that becomes that it comprises all males, that it becomes a real male dominant centric government. Oh, yeah. That all laws, that everything that is passed, the considerations all are coming from the male perspective. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I think that in our last episode that we definitely were able to talk about the differences in the way that men think and the differences in the way that women think. And so definitely I I do believe that we do think differently. Yes. And then so you've heard of the book, Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus. Women Are From Venus. That's an example of literature that kind of depicts that in terms of how we think. And then even the internet, you think about, you know, the memes that you see like on Facebook. I don't know if you've ever seen that meme that depicts or it... uh, it differentiates the way that men think and women think. And it says that the way that men tell a story, it's a single train track and it's just straight. Yeah. And then it says versus how women tell a story. And it's like this cobweb of train tracks <laughs> that are going in all different directions. And it's so funny because, you know, that that's how it is. I mean, that, yeah. I believe that that's how it is, because when I think about conversations that I have with the the Res famous wife, uh-huh. that when I tell her a story, it's like two sentences. <laughs> and then when she tells a story, it's like half the day later. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm going to pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> Me, uh, well, you know, you know, Rez's famous wife, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure there's going to be like a, a blanket and a pillow on the couch. <laughs> so, <laughs> so good luck with that, man. Okay. <laughs> but you know, nice knowing you. <laughs> and I, I think another, you know, example of argument, and this is something that we've never really had to face here on the Hopi reservation because we have stated that, you know, this idea of abortion is Kahopi. Yeah. Or that, you know, it fits outside of this, um, outside of our own virtues and values, that it's something that we don't really experience ever out here, at least on the reservation. But then when you think about, you know, outside of the reservation, when you look into the, the urban areas, that, you know, abortion is something that's pretty common and that you have that you have women who fight for this right to have abortions. Yeah, yeah. And so their argument is that it's men that make the rules whether that they're allowed to have abortions or not. And so the argument from the women's side is the fact that, well, men never have the opportunity to be pregnant. 
that they never have this, they're never put into this position to have this life altering process yeah. of, yeah. of uh, being impregnated, carrying a, a baby, carrying a life and then giving birth to a life. So why do men have the responsibility to make that decision about something like abortions? Yeah, I mean, like it's it's where men do create all of these different rules and men do create all of these concepts of how life should go. It just goes back to my original saying is that this is old world concept thinking. This is old old time concept thinking. It's like like what I said last uh, episode. It's like the leave it to beaver kind of thing <laughs> where like, you know, women should just stay home, cook, uh, cook and clean the house. And men should just go out and work and bring home the bacon. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, it's funny because, you know, I, I, I wouldn't disagree that there are oh, probably plenty of people who share that perspective. Oh, yeah. That think about life in that way. And the fact that I know that is because, you know, you and I were ra- born and raised on the reservation. Yes. And so you hear that conversation often by older men talking about how life should be, that women should do the cooking. Women should be changing the diapers, raising the baby. Yeah. And that the men's were, uh, the men's uh, life is down at the cornfield. Oh, yeah. Or down in the kiva. You know, see, because I, I live with older people and I live with uh, my grandparents. And so Seoul is very 1950s oriented. And that's where I kind of see her in that position is like she's been a housewife pretty much her entire life. You know, her upbringing was her grandmother taught her how to make beacon and told her how to be a woman. So when she gets married, then she can please her man, basically, in that in those in that concept there and that's how hopi women were raised back in the you know in the in the late 30s and 40s and even you know time in memorial in <laughs> here on the reservation and and you know well i, I think that the, the counter to that is that we like to make that argument that this is a woman's place and this is a man's place but then when you look at the contemporary side of where how we're living our lives these days that i would make the argument that a predominant that the predominant workforce on the reservation is women oh yeah is that women do hold a lot of these working positions on our reservation and that you have a lot of men who are unemployed Exactly. And, and so you see where the balance has kind of shifted to where even here on the reservation that women are out there working in these jobs that are essentially the ones that are bringing home the bacon and that the men are the ones that are are home. See, like, you know, all of the, the men's societies here on the Hopi reservation created by men and created by Hopi men to be exact. But without that, without women cooking for the men to perform these different societal uh, practices, we would probably starve in, in, you know, in the doing all of these ceremonies. A lot of ramen noodles <laughs> during the ceremonies. So we do thank, the, you know, we do thank the women for doing that. We do thank the women. Lunchables. <laughs> we do thank all of these women for doing that, for making sure that our culture furthers on pretty much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, in terms of that term patriarchy and how we perceive 
the idea of patriarchy in the 21st century, especially coming from like an indigenous yeah. perspective or, you know, the way that Indian country thinks about patriarchy now is that you have this dominant message where native people now are beginning to say that patriarchy or this idea of patriarchy, especially in the context that we talked about, about um, white men, about the society of white men that are running the, the world in the United States, for example, that this idea of patriarchy has influenced the reservations, that it's beginning to take hold in terms of how we carry ourselves as males on the reservations, adopting these ideas of patriarchy and then enforcing those ideologies on the reservation. And so, you know, that's kind of an interesting topic because then, you know, you think about Hopi and then you think about all about the other types of different tribes that they are, because I think that, you know, that's kind of a message that's always lost is that out of all of the tribes in the United States that we're all different. Oh, yeah. That we all kind of organize ourselves. We organize our traditional governments differently. Oh, yes, we do. And then, you know, so that the question has to be asked, are there tribes that do have this patriarchal type of system that what they consider traditional? I really don't know. I mean, like the Hopi has that patriarchal where it's just... I guess the, uh, what is it? The, the Bahana world, the Bahana concept of that. And yes, we do have that, that concept of, or that mindset to say that, yes, men should be the dominant here and then women should just follow behind. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that, you know, I think that Hopi, I, I definitely do think that there are elements of patriarchy within our heritage leadership structures. But I also do think that you have some elements of uh, matriarch in place within our traditional uh, structure, because then you think about clan leaders. Yeah. Sometimes those yeah. clan leaders are women. Oh yeah. Because women carry the blood in order for us to be a part of a certain clan. Yes. And then we talked about um, how the ownership is predominantly by women yes. in the Hopi culture. And then I do think that a lot of tribes probably carry the same characteristics that they do have elements of patriarchy within it. The, the fact that a lot of these chiefs probably are males in a lot of different tribes, but also that the women do hold some sort of um, responsibility and importance within those societies. But, you know, one thing that I, I, I do think about is uh, the Santa Clara Pueblo tribe. Uh -huh. The Santa Clara Pueblo tribe, I believe, is a tribe that is a patriarchal system in the fact that their traditional enrollment is the opposite of Hopis, is that instead of the mother, it's the father that carries the gene, the quote unquote enrollment gene to be considered part of the tribe. Mm, and weird. so if your father isn't a member of that tribe, then you're not considered a member of that tribe opposite of how we think really i mean like it's different for us because we do things opposite here it's like if your mother's not part of the hopi tribe then you're not considered a hopi here mm -hmm. and and the reason why i bring up the santa clara pueblo tribe as as an example and if anybody out there that's you know listening to this is is from that pueblo and if i'm wrong you know, hit us up on the on the Gmail or on the socials and, and let us know. But there is a federal court case that derives from Santa Clara Pueblo. Basically, this woman who was a part of the tribe, uh -huh. she wanted to enroll her child into the tribe. But they told her, we can't do that because 
the child's father doesn't belong to the tribe. Yeah. And that's how we determine our criteria of who can be enrolled. And so essentially this woman sued because she wanted to get her child enrolled into the tribe. And this is what led to um, the federal government making this law that all tribes are allowed to dictate what their own enrollment criteria is for tribes. Yeah. And so, you know, that's kind of an example of a certain tribe where they do take inheritance from the father's site to be a part of that tribe. Wow. That, yeah, that is, that is pretty weird. But before we move on, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Strong Ones. Every Strong Ones design has a story and a unique meaning. They create designs to celebrate traditions of running and uplift Native cultures across the globe. They also partner with local artists on special projects in hopes to expose talent and creativity of Hopi people. Strong Ones are often referred to as Ho Hongvit in the Hopi language. They can be found at hohongvit.com. That's H-O-H-O-N-G-V-I-T.com. And we're back. And so, you know, that last point, I I bring that up because I I think that it really is important to um, understand that when you're talking about tribes, that all gloves are different. Yeah. All gloves are different. All gloves are different sizes. And so, you know, it's quite the opposite of that adage that all one one glove uh, fits all or something like that. (laughs) No glove, no love. Is that that one? Is that is that another saying there? We don't believe that out here in the reservation. So. No glove, no love. No trash bag, no love. Or something. I don't know. Ziploc bag, something like that. Zip, no uh, Ziploc bags for you. Guys. But back to that concept of you know patriarchy or this uh, version of you know when we talk about patriarchy from the Bahana man's concept of what that is. Do you see elements of that type of patriarchy here on the Hopi reservation? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like the whole concept of like different, uh, different. What am I saying? Different patriarch or different mindset of how leadership goes here on the reservation is all based on Western society. It's all based on the Western society thinking. Tribal chairman. Tribal chairman for one. Vice chairman. Yeah, exactly. And then you have the secretary, secretary's office, which is run totally by women. (laughs) And, you know, I, I guess that, you know, that really is a good example of, of bringing that up. The fact that our own, you know, heri- our, our tribal leadership, our federal run, our federal funded tribal leadership is a version of that white man's patriarchy. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it goes to show you that, yes, we do follow the same concepts of like Western thinking and we do follow the same concepts of like how Western politics should be done. But yet we don't we don't look into our own type of uh, political system. We don't look at the own like our own Hopi way of running a village or running a a structured uh, political system here. Definitely. And I think that another example, too, of how this concept of patriarchy has influenced our uh, life ways out here on Hopi is that the fact that before we have mentioned that. Um, traditionally, women own the land. Oh, yeah. And so that when land is transferred to another person, usually it's from mother to daughter. Yeah, usually, yeah. Usually from mother to daughter. And so when you think about the structure of a village, when you think about a structure of a village that that each village, certain clans hold certain parts of the village. Yeah. And so when you think about building a house, usually it's, 
a female of a certain clan who has rights to that part of a land to build a home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But in this day and age, and I think that this is something that's becoming more prominent, is that you see Hopi males claiming land in the villages that they belong to for their families, often for a Hopi woman that's not even from that village. Yeah, exactly. And it's all too true that, yes, Hopi men out here do own parts of the land, but in, in, in Hopi society, that is not how it's supposed to go. That's not how it's supposed to go, but yet it's becoming a reality now. It is becoming a reality. And you're seeing it more often happen. It's becoming because of the way that we think in the Western type of Orient is that, yes, you know, Bahana men do own land. Bahana men owned, own like, a, you know, all of these houses, uh, you know, own the money, own everything like that. But in the Hopi society, no, it's opposite of that. You know, Hopi women do own the houses, do own the children. Everything that's inside of the house is hers. It's hers. Yeah. And then you know, aside from the land that sometimes you do see conflicts arise in different villages because, you know, we've talked a great lengths to the extent about the housing issue out here on Hopi. Yeah. But now you're seeing this occurrence where men are starting to fight for homes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And with that, with that in mind is that, you know, you have all of these legal battles that are going on because of that. And then it goes to the courts, meaning that, it, you know, if something's going to be done about that. But in reality, it's all about what the village is supposed to be doing. It's supposed to be governing itself. Uh-huh. And then so now you have men fighting with their sisters for homes. Oh, yeah. Or with, you know, other female clan relatives. But like you said, the reality of it is, is that men don't have a true claim to any house. No, no, no. It's like, you know, that old saying is that, uh, yes, Hopi women raise boys for a different family. It, it is true in a way. And Hopi girls are raised to become leaders of the house, to become leaders of the field, to become leaders of the land. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I think another way that we're seeing that type of patriarchy influence our communities out here is with the fields. Oh, yeah. With the field land themselves. Because that I, in our um, Hopi farming episode, we talked about how women actually own the farmland. And that that farmland should stay within its own clan. Yeah. But in this day and age, now you're seeing men take ownership of field lands. And you're seeing men transfer the ownership of those field lands to their sons. Oh, yeah. It is true. And it is a reality that, yes, we are thinking in that type of mindset now. And it is a reality that we don't follow the the real traditions of Hopi anymore. Of how things are supposed to be. Yeah. Of how things were laid out back then. And so, you know, you see that shift. You see that change out here that the men are starting to put themselves in positions that they really don't belong. Yeah. And then, you know, I think that there's probably other ways, too, that you see it. Because, you know, there are some men that um, do follow that that old rule that you're supposed to live in the village that your wife belongs to. Yeah. And then so, you know, those men go to those villages. Um, but then sometimes, you know, you have these outsider men in these villages because their wife belongs to those village. And then you see them kind of taking prominent roles in the ceremonies, <laughs> which is also supposed to be a, a no-no or a negative. Yeah, pretty because much. That, you know, what they say is that once you become an in-law to a village that you don't belong to, then you keep your mouth shut. 
and then you allow the men that belong to those uh, villages that you're at. They're the ones that are supposed to run the show. Pretty much. Yeah. And that's that's why uh, Kwa lives at Hotvela away from his homeland. And mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure he he misses his home. Yeah. Misses Songopavi. Yeah. He misses being a single guy. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I, I think that, you know, the fact that, you know, these discussions are happening now. Yeah. You know, aside from just on this podcast, uh, that these discussions are happening all over the page. All over the place where they're talking about patriarchy and really talking about it in a negative way. But the fact that you're a male, how does that make you feel? Makes me feel dominant. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a Western thinking kind of guy. (laughs) I watched John Wayne when I was growing up. I don't care about them Indians. What was this famous saying? Uh, uh, What is it? A dead Indian is a good Indian. (laughs) (laughs) Or the old uh, United States government perspective. uh, Kill the Indian to save the man. Save the man, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it it, it really is, you know, it is something that I think about because, you know, I have aspirations as a man. I want to accomplish great things. And, you know, the fact that I want to accomplish great things, does that make me a part of this patriarchal society? No. I mean, it makes you human, basically. It makes you want to create something better, not for yourself, but for your family or for your loved ones. Mm -hmm. And I think in this world today, we kind of lost that concept of that. Yeah, we we don't we don't put ourselves uh Aside, we, we put ourselves forward thinking that it's going to be for us. Mm-hmm. But we, we in reality, we should be thinking of like, you know, oh, I want to do this for my fa- my, my family, for my clanship, for my, my people here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And then I think also, too, the fact that, you know, because I really, I, I guess I really am somebody that I, I'm a strong proponent for supporting young native boys. Oh, yeah. Because I think that when you look out into the world, you know, you see a lot of support for for women women yeah you see a lot of support for young girls and you know i i think that i think that the reason why that trend has gone that way is because historically you never saw support for women no and you never no. saw support for young girls and so that you know a lot of people became proactive to create all of these avenues and these pathways for our women to become leaders or yeah. to you know for our women to hold higher positions than they have had before but i definitely do think that Sometimes when we get too proactive on one side, that another side is being left out. And in my strong opinion is that the Native American young male. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, they're the reason why is because uh, mothers are left to be left to raise children on their own. And there's no father figure for them to look up to. That That's very true. And I think that that's really a great point. Because I think that we've covered that um, dynamic on the reservation fairly, you know, to a, to a long extent, the fact that a lot of women are raising children alone. Yeah. I mean, like I have, I have a lot of dads out there, you know, a lot of clan dads and, uh-huh. and uh, none of them gave me money when I was growing <laughs> up. So it, I think it's all due now. The only thing that they taught you is uh, where to <laughs> stick it in. Huh? <laughs> it just taught me which, which uh, village has the best girls. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that that really is that really is um something that is uh, a valid point the fact that our boys don't have strong no. role, mo- role models no they don't because you know i do think that that term man is still something that i hold in high regard 
Because then, you know, when you're as, as a young boy being raised by men, yeah, you're taught what it means to be a man. And the fact that this idea of what a man is, is something that I hold in high regard because then you think about how they raised you. A man is somebody who has respect for people. Yeah. A man is somebody who works hard. A man is somebody who has respect for women. Yes. And a man is somebody that grows up to have a family to take care of their family. Yeah. And I think that a lot of our younger boys aren't being taught this message. No, no. That a lot of our young boys are being taught about 30 pack and good smoke. 30 pack and good smoke. They're smokes. being taught things like, uh, like you're saying, which village has the best girls and, you know, being really led on this, uh, this ugly road of, uh, of being players, of being misogynists, about being dominant. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then so, you know, it creates this generations of males that act in that way and how they were taught. And, you know, with that mind concept, you know, comes that that whole idea of male dominance. It, it creates the world where, yes, the male dominance is one of the, the biggest downfalls of man is that if we if we believe that we have power over people or over certain types of things, then we feel to have that uh that mindset of like this is a man's world here mm-hmm. you can't tell me what to do yeah and i think that that upbringing and that perspective that mentality it becomes toxic oh yeah because then that's where things like domestic violence or even just violence in general yep. comes into play um, and that definitely creates, you know, the type of societies that we live in today. And I guess it, it is true that men cannot live without women and women cannot really live without men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mm-hmm. need to have that balance in in the lives here. And I think in that respect, I, I think it definitely comes with respect. It does. It comes with respect and it comes with recognizing the importance of each other. Oh, yeah. The importance of why women exist the importance of why men exist. Because then I think that too often you have people out there, mostly women that have just really bad experience with men and not even, you know, on the dating side, on the real ugly side of violence and rape and that sort of thing to where it just creates this real ugly perspective on, on men in general. And I think that's where it kind of develops these types of, um, these types of trends like the Me Too movement or, you know, to an extent cancel culture or um, there's other terms that describe men hating that is developed from, you know, basically kind of our own actions to a degree. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is it is true that, you know, we we do live in a man's world and this is a man's uh, place to be in. And this is how we think in, in that in those terms like that. Like, you know, where where women cannot do certain things here on the reservation because men are supposed to be doing that. And when you when you break those types of rules there, then it creates the whole controversy again of like, why are you doing that? Or why you why are you in that position there? Moving the cheese. Moving the cheese. Moving the cheese, disrupting the order. <laughs> so like, you know, there is a science experiment and I forgot the forgot the scientist's name and he what he did was that he Sheldon created, Cooper. <laughs> he created a maze, an easy maze, and he placed a block of cheese in the center of this maze. And this mouse followed his nose 
to the cheese creating or like, you know, doing all these little obstacles there. And every day the man would do the same thing, place a block of cheese there and the mouse would do that. And then eventually the mouse didn't even use his nose anymore and just started going about his way and finding the cheese. And then one day the man actually moved the cheese, moved the cheese to a different location and then the mouse went and not followed his nose and he just went to where his cheese was. And he was, he was upset that his cheese had been moved. And without even following a new concept, without even following new orders, that, you know, this mouse was very, very angry. And I believe that in this world is that, yes, cheese, the cheese has been moved. You know, the cheese is being moved in different locations. That mouse was probably a male. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Sounds like me in my own household when everything's set and put in its place. And when the Res Famous Wife moves something, my mind uh, kind of uh, breaks down. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, this mouse couldn't even function right. He's like, you know, my cheese was supposed to be here, but there's no cheese. <laughs> but I, I guess, you know, it, it, it's an interesting topic because then, you know, I, I really... Think of it in the way that society discusses these topics. Yeah. And I think about it in the way that I think. And then I think about my own lives because then, you know, when you think about your own lives, were there male leaders that you really looked up to that kind of gave this good example of what a male leader should be? Like, uh, I mean, I never really looked up to a male companion like you know yeah. like yeah you know it's all about like the, you know the teenage mutant ninja turtles <laughs> looked up to uh splinter basically well i think splinter <laughs> was technically a male yeah. in the cartoon yeah the reason why i looked up to splinter is because he was so wise and so like you know don't be doing this you know don't uh don't upset the foot clan you know <laughs> <laughs> don't upset the foot clan and i i think it's because of that it, it created that world where yes i should should look at it before I do something. Like I should, I should make sure that my mind is set in stone before pursuing something else. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's the reason why I like Splinter. I think for me, you know, I, I definitely have been fortunate that I've had really strong male uh, role models in my life. Yeah. Or with, even within my family, because the people that come to mind really quickly, I think about my father. Oh, yeah. I think about my taha. And I think about my gua. Yeah. Because those are three men that I've always felt that really live their lives accordingly by Hopi tradition. Oh, yeah. That you think about those old Hopi laws or those old Hopi perspectives, those societal norms that were developed by a heritage Hopi perspective that they live their lives accordingly. Oh, yeah. Because then you like my gua, he's from Hotvela. Uh-huh. But he lived in Munkapi because that's where my so was from. Yeah. And so, you know, he lived there. And then he attended to her fields and raised us in that manner that when you go off and when you marry somebody, that you're going to do the same thing that I did and that you're going to live in their village. And then you're going to do the same thing that I'm doing for you guys, but for your own grandchildren. Yep, that is true. And that then, is. you know, my taha and my father hold the same perspective. So those are a couple of folks that I think about when I think about strong male leadership role models. So is there like anything like advice that you want to give to the kids, like young boys out there struggling that don't have fathers, but do want to pursue something in like, uh, like in this male or this, I guess this mixed up world here. No glove, no love. <laughs> no glove, no love. 
No, I, you know, I, I really do want to encourage all, all the males out there. The fact that, you know, that there is a spotlight on native males right now. Yeah. And that what the rest of the world is getting from that spotlight is often negative. Oh, yeah. That native men are looked at in a bad way, but that all native men out there have the opportunity to be good men to do good things, to take care of the people that they're supposed to take care of, to change that perception of Native men into a positive. The fact that Native men can be respectable, that can be strong people, because then I always think about this, you know, I always think about the Hisat time and think about, you know, the pride that tribes had oh, yeah. in their Native yeah. males that we, you know, you heard that term, you know, we were once warriors. Yeah. For those tribes that hold that term in high regard that we were once warriors for some tribes. But for Hopis, you know, we were virtuous men. Yeah. We were righteous and that, you know, we held these virtues and ethics to a very high degree that we lived our lives accordingly. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, we've all done bad things in the past. Oh, yeah. That, you know, you can overcome those barriers, those obstacles, those humps, whatever it is that holds you back. A lot of it has to do with our past, but that the future is a new way of life that you could make things better for yourself if you've done bad things in the past. Yeah, exactly. And you know, your past should not hold you down. Your your past should be just a reminder that this is a, a stepping stone or a learning curve there. Like that, what was that old saying again? Like, uh, there are no bad students, only bad teachers. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. it was like that. Yeah, you actually got it right, Carl. Oh, cool. All right. <laughs> I just I just thought about that. I was just thinking about cartoons for a while and that just popped up <laughs> in my head. <laughs> So, uh, you know, going on with this whole thing like that, yes, we do live in a mixed up world where we think that we think that it's a male dominant kind of world and, and the polar opposite where it's a woman's world. And, but in reality, it's a people's, world. it's a people's world, it's a human's world. Yeah. I mean, we should balance ourselves out with that. We shouldn't, we shouldn't hold each other's genders to, to a degree where it's like, uh, as the identity of yeah. whose world it belongs to. I mean, we, we're are all human. We all bleed the same blood. Exactly. And unless you're an alien, then you probably bleed like a uh, blue or green, <laughs> blue or green. But, but in reality, uh, just be kind to yourself. Just be kind to others. Just love who you are and love what you do. Definitely. So, I mean, you know, thank you again for, for joining us. And I hope you don't cancel us. <laughs> Thank you again for, for giving us, uh, you know, funding here. And thank you again for, for keeping us alive here. Definitely. We'd like to thank you all for continuing on this journey with us. The Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. And a reminder out there, if you're not following us on our social medias, that, you know, we can be found at Carl and J-Man all across the boards on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you're listening to this on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe. Our goal is to get to 1,000 subscribers. Oh, yeah. Once we hit that mark, then we'll be able to expand the YouTube channel even further don't forget to hit that uh, bell icon and if you're listening to us on apple Podcasts, don't forget to give us that five star review that really helps us out in that way 
Oh, yeah. And if you want to make a donation, go to anchor.fm slash cjpodcast85 to listen to our episodes and to become a monthly donor. Or if you want to buy us a cup of coffee, go to buymeacoffee.com slash cjpodcast. And if you want those sweet Carl and J-Man shirts, you can find those at carlandjman.bigcartel.com. And we definitely appreciate some uh, assistance there. All right. Well, thank you again for listening to Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. My name is Carl and this is my best friend, J-Man. So long. Quack, quack.